Today's podcast session is supported by Uphill. So if you ask a therapist who's doing clinical work what the bane of their existence is, usually progress notes are in the top one to two. I'm not naming any names, but when I was doing clinical work, I remember I had several colleagues who would get so backed up on clinical notes, so they would end up spending their nights and weekends trying just to catch up. Honestly, who wants to do that? And this is where Appeal comes in. Appeal is AI-powered case notes. Now, I know for many of us, when we hear the word AI, we're, there's like a natural skepticism. And honestly, I had that skepticism as well until I got to meet with the Appeal team and learn about some of the many ways that they are doing this in a way that is HIPAA compliant and also doesn't sell data to anyone and also protects our clients as well. You can learn more about Uphill and the awesome work that they're doing in the world uh, by going to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Uphill. And Uphill is uh, spelled U-P and then H-E-A-L, all one word. And at checkout, be sure to enter the promo code COUCH25, C-O-U-C-H, and the number 25 to get 25% off your Uphill plan for the first two months. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 198 of Selling the Couch. We are quickly approaching 200 episodes of the podcast. To be honest, I don't know that I would have lasted for 200 episodes. When I first started this podcast, I was just very lucky and I felt like I had a lot to celebrate if I could just get through 10 episodes. But it's been wonderful creating this podcast for each of you. And I feel like as we create more of these episodes, it's amazing. I feel like there are more and more topics and more and more nuances to talk about. And I'm just so grateful to you for tuning in and also just for all the sweet encouragement that you've provided for me. So today's podcast session is a topic that I feel a lot of passion about, which is self-care. And specifically, we titled it Self-Care as a Lifestyle, Not Just Another To-Do List Item. My guest is Lainey Smith. Lainey Smith is a integrative art therapist. Her website is over at integrativearttherapy.net, and she also has a coaching site at laineysmithcoaching.com. And Lainey and I connected a couple of years ago, and I just felt like she was such a good person to talk about this because... I don't know what it's like for you, but one of the things about self-care is that it's very easy for me to justify, particularly during periods of stress. Like, for example, as I'm recording this, I'm in a particularly stressful just season of life, just with life and the business and trying to balance it all. And my natural tendency is to think of self-care as an afterthought. And so today's conversation is all about how do we not do that anymore? and why, you know, we start kind of at the basic of why is self-care so important? And then we also think about how this fundamental question of how do we integrate self-care and how do we do self-care related things that fit our lifestyle and our values versus just, oh, this is just another thing I have to do. Today's podcast is supported by Turning Point HQ. Uh, This is a brand new sponsor on the STC podcast, but David and 
I call him Dave. Dave and I have gotten to know each other over the past two years. He was a previous STC podcast guest. And honestly, Dave is one of the most kind and generous and helpful people that I know. And with sponsors, you guys know I'm I'm super discretionary in terms of who I share uh, the STC audience with. And Dave, when uh, we talked about sponsorship, he was one of those people. I just I had zero doubt. And so Dave is a financial planner, uh, specifically for therapists. And his whole mission is to transform your relationship with money. I know for many of us, uh, money is something that, and the money stories that we have often been told, it impacts a lot of how we do business. It impacts how we approach things like retirement and investing and all of those things. And Dave understands that. And he comes from just a very heart-centered place to help us build out an investment in a retirement portfolio. Dave actually has this really cool guide. Uh, It's absolutely free to download, and it's called The Seven Money Mistakes That Hold Therapists Back. You can find it over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash turning point HQ. And that guide has a lot of the things that, that can hold a lot of therapists back. And actually, if you go through that link as well, you get $200 off any service that Dave provides. So we'll get right to today's podcast session. Here's my conversation with Lainey Smith from integrativearttherapy.net and laineysmithcoaching.com. Hey, Lainey, welcome to Selling the Couch. Hi, Melvin. Thanks for having me. I'm so grateful for this conversation because we were talking about this right before we got started, but you and I have gone in sort of multiple, we've connected on multiple groups. We've in some ways, have known each other online for a couple of years. And when I thought about self-care and when you had presented that topic, I was like, oh, this would be such a good topic to talk about, you know, because I feel like self-care is something that many of us as clinicians, we talk about, right? And we tell our clients to do, but we're not always the best. Yes. Kind of the guilty of do as I say, not as I do. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, I see a lot of that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I wanted to start at the top, which is, you know, why is self-care as a private practitioner just so important? Well, I think there's multiple reasons, you know, really just in order to do the work and for it to be sustainable, it truly does need to be the foundation. As being a business owner, it's not just about clinician. There's a lot of business owners that, that burn out too. So I think we're actually doubly at risk because there's not just the intensity of the work sometimes, but then there's also all the business components to it. So I think in order for it to be sustainable, you know, as someone in private practice, it just truly, yeah, it it has to be the foundation. It's almost like double self-care in a way, right? Because you're right, like, we don't think about it that way, but you're right. Like we're operating on two different planes. That's right. Yeah. And switching back and forth between two hats that actually can be pretty intense in the beginning because you're adjusting to this new way of being. Not, I think most people have some growing pains to starting a business or you know working for themselves. There's just adjustments to that. And learning to take care of yourself first as the primary is actually it's kind of a new paradigm from what I see because the people that I've worked with historically, they tend to want to squeeze in the self-care. And, you know, we've kind of talked about it being on the checklist and it actually, it truly needs to be the other way around 
for that sustainability. Yeah, absolutely. It has to be, it's not something we should just do out of obligation, you know, like, let me just get this done so I can move on to case notes or something. Right, right. Or also not a band-aid strategy, you know, not, not coming from the place of being so kind of spent or on your last straw that then you squeeze in a massage or then you squeeze in yoga or, but it's really about the way I see self-care is, is about having breathing room and having um, spaciousness enough in your life that you can approach things in, in a mindful way that allows you to be fully present. So in a lot of ways, I see self-care as carving away the fat or carving away the excess and really boiling it down to just the essentials. I also think the other side of that is, you know, it's very, I know for me, it's very easy to say, okay, I can do X self-care item tomorrow or next week, or I can start, you know? And I feel like that's such a hamster wheel sort of mentality, right? Because you can always push that forward, right? There's always going to be stuff that has to be done at both the clinical level and as a business owner. Sure. And when you say pushing it off, you mean kind of like, I'll start that exercise routine next week, or I'll start that healthy diet next week. Is that kind of what you meant? Yeah, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I'll start, you know, thinking about mindfulness and doing a more regular meditation exercise. Yeah, it's... Uh, sure. Yeah, there's kind of like that. Just when you're in the throes of everything. Yeah, when you're sinking. Right. Yeah, you, you really can't. You're still just trying to keep your head above water. Yeah, I think there is, there's that slogan, there's always tomorrow, right, to start something. But the truth is, is that you're just delaying the inevitable and you're kind of digging a bigger hole. So it really is about slowing down, like really slowing down and taking inventory of what's working and what's not working and being really being willing to just be brutally honest with what is your zone of genius and being willing to get support. I think like really being able that that's been huge in my self-care journey is being willing to see like, what is it that I really want to do and what feeds me and fuels me and gives me energy and then what completely drains it and being willing to let go of the things that drain as much as possible, either through delegating and outsourcing or just letting go altogether. As you were talking about that, I one of my most favorite books is Mary Piper's book, Letters to a Young Therapist. And it's a series of, you know, correspondence to someone that's just entering the field. And regardless of whether you're new in the field, I feel like there's a lot of wisdom in that book. But there's a chapter in there that's always stood out to me. And in it, she writes about one of her dear colleagues, how they were in, you know, they were doing all of this work and seemingly done great work, but then they just like left the field, like burnt out, you know? And I don't know, for me, it was like, I don't know, it was an eye opener. And for some reason, I always think about that, you know, how, well, on a couple of different levels, one is, you know, if somebody were to, you know, for example, if you were to look at me, would you be able to tell that I was burning out, right? Or, and then I think the other thing is it just, I can't imagine like that person in that book thought, you know, when they first started, like, I'm going to burn out of this profession, right? Mm-hmm. But I imagine it was a lot of like maybe small steps or, you know, things that happened that eventually. Yeah. Burned. Yeah. And it's curious too, you know, when you think about, the burnout piece, again, I I take it back to the zone of genius. It's like, 
what are the pieces that aren't in alignment that are creating that? So again, I take a little bit of a different, I guess, definition of self-care where it's not just about external things, the most basics that we've talked about in terms of sleep and exercise and such, but like the inside, you know, like what's happening inside that is not quite in alignment. And so a lot of that, you know, like the inner work, for example, if you're working with clients that it's activating a lot in you, well, then that's a call to get support in in those areas. Or if you're working in a way that, you know, doesn't feel fueling and inspiring. For example, I have mentioned to you before that I, I worked in an office setting, but then I kept feeling the call to work outdoors. And so moving my office into the mountains and taking people outside and working in a way that really energized and fueled me doing eco art therapy, rather than, you know, just ignoring that need that said, I want to be outside. Like had I done that, I might've needed extra massages and extra yoga and extra mindfulness breath work because I was ignoring something within my body or I, you know, if I did ignore something within my body that was out of alignment. So I think it's just so important to always be taking inventory of what's feeding and what's draining us. And if it's an emotional component, obviously wanting to get your own therapy and own support. And if it's something in the business realm, then being willing to call in extra support in that way. Lainey, I wanted to ask sort of like a small question related to that, because I love that way you distinguish between feeding and draining. So I feel like one struggle that I have, and I think other folks struggle with this, is they may be actually aware of like what's feeding and draining, but they can almost like justify, like, you know what I'm saying? Like continuing to do something just, yeah. I don't know if that almost makes sense. Like, what would you say? like in a situation like that? I would say that there's a huge limiting belief that needs to be removed. You know, we're like somewhere along our way, we, we referenced a surgeon, for example, and it's like there's these parts in us that we need to attend and befriend and make peace with, I think, acknowledge them rather than deny them, which is what you just referenced, but then being willing to courageously do something differently And a big part of that is identifying like the limiting belief and where it came from, because we do have that history. And I think I have seen that a lot in private practice where people insurance, for example, maybe they really, really don't want to take insurance anymore. And they know that is kind of draining them and they would rather work with, you know, cash pay and, and just design a different model for their business. But there is some old, kind of scarcity mindset or limiting belief that comes from however they were programmed. You know, we have cultural and familial programming. And so, yeah, I would say there has to be a deep desire and that desire has to be greater than the pain or stress or suffering that you're in in order to make some of those uncomfortable changes. Hmm. That's such a good way of putting it. I want to wrap up sort of with a two-part question. So the first part is, like, what would you say are like your top three tips for making self-care part of a lifestyle as opposed to like another checklist item? Well, I think the most important one is starting where you are. So really being willing to be brutally honest with what's working and what's not working. I really like to keep it very simple. And I'll sometimes have people just make a joy and a heavy list and everything goes on each side based on how it feels in your body. 
And then from there, being willing to take just the smallest step. For example, before I moved my office into the mountains, I would simply just go out in between clients every, you know, every client. I would just take a step outside, look at the trees, breathe in the air, like ground myself because I knew that I was headed in that direction. And I was just anchoring in like the present, bringing in what I could until that change was possible. So I think, you know, starting where you are, taking baby steps to bring in things that fuel and feed you in small ways, because when we allow ourselves to do the small things, they add up to become those bigger changes. And also getting support, you know, that that is really important. Private practice can be a lonely affair if we are not getting support and and looking at our own just areas that need alignment and, and improvement. Mm, yeah, such a good way of phrasing it. I wanted to wrap up, Lenny, with this kind of thought, which is, you know, I've tried to do like self-care episodes and my struggle always with these kind of episodes are, you know, many of us will listen to this episode and we'll be like, this sounds wonderful. And yes, we should think about, you know, what's feeding me. I should think about what's feeding me, what's draining me. I should think about, you know, all of those things, but then it's hard to actually implement it, right? Like we keep it in our mind and we keep it academic and we don't put it into action. So what would you tell us if you're in that boat, if you know? Yeah, well, it kind of goes back to the baby steps, right? Like being willing to just admit is the very first step. And we know this as helpers and healers that we have to admit that there's an issue, right? And at the same time, what's coming to mind right now is that, that we are the sum of our five closest people. So I would start noticing, you know, how are the people around you taking care of themselves? Because if it is, in fact, that this is kind of the paradigm that you're in, it's almost like that martyr syndrome, you know, where it's like everybody first and me last, or I'll squeeze it in here or squeeze it in there. It is going to take, you know, some major uh, shifts to reverse that order. And so I would start noticing, like, if that's happening around you, are there people that you see that are doing the self-care first and reversing that order and then starting to prioritize those people in your life to be around more people who are doing that, including, you know, if, if you need to get support with coaching or therapist or other like mastermind groups, I think surrounding yourself with people who are committed to taking care of themselves first is really important. Lainey, I, I just, I love the way you're saying that because I think to me, it's a reminder that it's not about these like big grand sort of gestures or steps, you know, and sometimes it's really the small ones that, that matter the most. Absolutely. Yeah. It's all the small steps add up to the changes. So yes, giving ourselves credit for where we are and the steps that we're taking is really important too. Um, Lainey, I'm just so grateful for you. Where are some of the ways that we can connect with you and learn about the good work that you're doing in the world? Thank you. Yeah. So my therapy practice is integrativearttherapy.net and my coaching practice is laneysmithcoaching.com. And truly the easiest way to connect with me is through my scheduler. I love just hopping on the call with other helpers and healers and getting to know you. And so just finding a spot on my calendar, the easiest way to do that is laneysmithcoaching.as.me. Perfect. I'll definitely put that in the show notes, which you guys can find over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 198. Laney, thank you again for doing this. And I'm just so grateful for you. Oh, thank you for having me. It was wonderful. Have a great day. You too. 
Hey there, hope you enjoyed my conversation with Lainey. And especially, I think, if you're in a season where self-care is either not a priority or the thought of self-care particularly burdens you, I hope that today's podcast session has been just a source of encouragement for you. Lainey, if you're listening to this, I think one of the things that was so encouraging for me was even thinking about how you aligned your business to coincide with self-care. So for example, even, you know, that little line, you said it a couple of times and I wanted to just circle back to it, but you said, you know, one of the things you realized is you enjoyed being outdoors and doing therapy sessions and and serving that way. And it helps your clients and it helps you. And I just, I so admire your courage in just taking that step forward. Show notes to today's episode can be found over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 198. And a couple of things before we wrap up. Well, one major thing. One of the things that I've been working on in the background is continuing to build out, build out the Selling the Couch team. And so one of the things that's been on my mind here in the last couple of years, but I just haven't had quite the space to put it into action, is writing more blog articles. So there's podcast episodes and there, but each of these episodes have particular show notes, like what the episode is about. But I don't typically write specific blog articles. And so a lot of these articles will be about, you know, things like stuff I've learned on the private practice journey, some of the behind the scenes things that I'm doing with selling the couch, the things that are working, the things that are not working, regardless of things that I'm learning along the way. And so you can always go to sellingthecouch.com. If you just look at the top menu item under blog, you can find some blog articles. One of the first blog articles that I just recently wrote is me recently getting my first business credit card and how I selected it and what I learned and all of those different things. Before we wrap up, just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Turning Point HQ for supporting today's podcast session. So Turning Point HQ is the result or is the brainchild of David Frank, who is a financial planner for therapists. And as I've mentioned before, uh, Dave and I actually have gotten to be good friends, just an awesome person to work with. And one of the things that Dave will help us to do is create a holistic and an intentional retirement and an investing plan that supports you to lead a really awesome life. Because ultimately, I think for many of us, it's we invest, right, to create the life that we want. And uh, it's to do it in an intentional way. And Dave, honestly, is just one of the most like heart-centered folks that I've ever met. And you're absolutely going to be in good hands with him. You can learn more about Turning Point HQ and the awesome services that they provide over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash turning point HQ. And if you go through that link, uh, Dave actually created this seven financial mistakes that therapists make. It's a free downloadable and uh, you can download it right there. And then you also get $200 off any of your, any of the services that Dave provides. Be sure to mention that you heard it on STC. Have a great rest of your week and I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com.
So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.